Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is William Holland. And William is a founder and CEO of Bigger Picture Holdings, a real estate investment company headquartered in Dallas, Texas. They focus on acquiring value add multi-properties. He also specializes in educating investors about the advantages of passively investing in commercial real estate through syndication. He was also previously on Balfour Beatty's pre-construction team, helping develop budgets for upcoming large residential commercial projects, totaling over $2 billion. So William, thank you so much for being here on the show today. Welcome. And how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Like we said, it's a Friday. So I'm getting to start the weekend off pretty soon, hopefully. Hopefully. That sounds good. So William, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? I'd love to, Eileen. So I studied mechanical engineering in college and didn't really know what I wanted to do. But I actually, my mom has been a realtor and a broker for almost 20 years now. So she buys and sells real estate for other people, residential homes, lands, larger commercial properties. And so I was always around that. And funny enough, I always said that I didn't ever want to be in real estate. And on the flip side of that, my dad has been in construction his entire career. So he didn't go to college. He just focused on building properties, building for other people. And so I did not want to do either one of those things. And when I graduated, I started designing air conditioning systems for commercial real estate. And at that point, I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do long term. And I actually wanted to go into really just like my family. (laughs) What changed your mind? Oh man, I think real estate is such a great store of wealth. So I was making a good salary. I was uh, working on getting my licensure for engineering. I was making good money, but I needed somewhere to place that money. And so investing in real estate makes a lot of sense. Like when I was working a full-time job prior to me quitting this year in January, I didn't have as much time to manage projects myself and underwrite deals and all that stuff. So it made sense for me to passively invest in other people's deals and go from there. When you decided that, hey, maybe my parents knew something (laughs) and I wanted to maybe get into and understand a little bit about real estate on there and what they're doing a little bit more, what did you delve in first on the real estate side? Yeah. So I first heard about Grant Cardone. I think people have a love-hate relationship with him. He's certainly a unique personality, but great at advertising and bought some courses from him and started learning about syndication and certainly fell in love, but I didn't know anybody that was doing syndication. And so I kind of stayed in this bubble of not investing, not growing for like two or three years, unfortunately. And then I ended up buying, I bought a house here in Dallas, Texas, 18 months ago. So that was my first real estate deal to really be a part of. Obviously I have full ownership of that and it's a four bedroom. And so I actually started renting out three of the bedrooms and I lived in the master bedroom. And then this year when I quit my job, I rented out the master bedroom and it has two living rooms. And I took over one of the living rooms as my like office and bedroom. So 
that was kind of my first, I treated it as like a quadplex basically and rent out all the bedrooms. And with me renting out bedrooms individually, it, it takes away risk. People say like single family homes are difficult because if they move out, you're not getting paid. But like I've only had like a half, like two weeks of non-payment like this entire year. And I've been able to raise the rents as people move in and out too. So I did that. And then that was in 2021. And then in 2022, I joined a real estate mastermind and then found some mentors, found some potential partners and got to be on my first large syndication last year as well. So it was 170 units in Atlanta, Georgia. For you, William, when you were initially getting started and you were undergoing all those different courses and learning, you said you weren't really making too much traction in the first two plus years. Why do you think that was the case? And what changed when you joined the mastermind? So with me doing the Grant Cardone course, I did that course. And then I read lots of real estate books from all the big names, Joe Fairless, etc., and I think the issue was that I wasn't building real relationships. So I was almost living in like theoretical universe where I was learning and adding to my toolbox, but not meeting anybody that could help me like use the tools that I was gaining. And so the difference with the mastermind is that it connected me with like real people that were doing real deals. So it, it opened the doors. Did you find that after the mastermind, Going into it with the knowledge that you already had undergoing the courses helped you make that transition and get you to that first deal so much more quicker than if you had just gone in brand new without prior knowledge. It certainly did. I think it was like two months after I joined the mastermind that a partner reached out to me and allowed me to raise a little bit of capital and place some of my own money in that deal. And from there, a few months later, I decided to quit my job just because this felt real and it felt like something. I mean, I'm a believer in Jesus and that's the most important thing in my life. And so this was a step of faith to leave my job. When you're going into the mastermind, when you're starting out, how are you building up the connections? Like, What are some of the things that you did to share your goals and what you wanted to achieve in that place so that you could find the right partners and attract the people to you so that these opportunities will become available. Definitely. I love people a lot. I love building relationships. And so a lot of phone calls with people that weren't here locally. And then this year, and I mean, I'm still learning, trying to figure out where I want to go and all this stuff long-term, but I've probably had like 100 coffees that I've scheduled this year already, at least 100. And these are potential investors that I'm talking to. These are potential partners. These are property owners. These are developers. And so I think that's a big deal. And then also just surrounding myself with mentors and being consistent, like not burdening them, reaching out to them every five minutes, but just being intentional and having like really good thought out questions and then being able to go to them as a resource. When you're coming in, were you just primarily raising capital or were you also doing other things in part of the deals? And what is your strong suit? Yeah. So after my job with the engineering firm, I went into construction management. So I think we read a little bit about that in the bio. So I worked on planning for projects, but for two and a half years, I was actually on a project. 
And so I managed $20 million worth of construction. I reviewed plans. I talked to architects. I talked to engineers. I talked to the people building it, the subcontractors. And so I think I have a really strong suit in managing projects and also just understanding like interests and needs of other people. So I got started in raising capital in that first deal. But this year, the focus is actually sourcing deals. I've met with key principals, investor base as well. And so I'm, I'm actively underwriting deals and at this point, submitting letters of intent as well. I'm pretty excited about that. I actually submitted a letter. Actually, it was this week, Monday. It was a pretty unique opportunity that I think would have been a home run. We didn't get it accepted, but it was a property the developer ran out of money on. And so it was like 75% complete and just needed finishes. And so submitted an offer on that one. Didn't win it, but every step is a learning experience and just one step closer to hopefully securing a deal. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. How are you continuing to build up your deal flow and building up those relationships with other partners? Definitely. So, I mean, I have people that send me deals to look at that they would like me to partner on. And those are typically smaller properties, smaller deals. And then we've got another partner sends out mailing lists to property owners. And then we've also got property owner phone numbers. And so just calling those guys. And I think one of my old 1980s broker friends has been in real estate for 30 years just told me like everything else, you're building a relationship and you likely won't get an owner to agree right off the bat, but you just keep getting in front of them and offering value. And when that time comes, it's certainly a long game, but when that time comes, they may come to you. So we're primarily looking at off-market direct-to-seller deals at the moment. Did you also mention earlier that you passively invest too, or is it primarily you're doing on the active side? Yes, ma'am. I think that for those that are able to, I think doing both makes a lot of sense. And obviously, I'm 27 right now. So my capital isn't large, but I do passively invest in deals as well. So I started getting some checks from those, which is pretty nice. How do you feel the market is currently right now in terms of deal flow on the active side of the things? And then also on the flip side, from the investor standpoint, are you still comfortable with the way the market is going? And how are you evaluating your investments going forward? Definitely. So it's very obvious that deal flow has gone down a lot. I mean, if you read any report from any of the brokerage firms, CBRE, JLL, Newmark, whoever it is, Collier's deal flow has gone down 60, 70% year over year, maybe more. And so obviously I quit at a time where it's, it's tough to get deals done. I think there's multiple reasons for that. Obviously the interest rates went down historically to all time lows. And then 
went up and ramped up pretty quickly. Thankfully, that is paused, at least for the time being as of this week. So maybe some reprieve coming in that direction and maybe some downward trajectory again. So that should help deal flow a little bit. I think obviously another thing, and I ran into this, especially the off-market owners that we're talking to, they're like, well, my friend just down the road sold his property for $2 million. I want $2 million for mine. And it's like, well, when did that property sell? Well, it sold in September. Well, the interest rate was like 2% lower back then. So like the property was a lot more profitable if you're going to portion of that. And so, yeah, that's another reason why the deal flow is, is lower is because of that bid ask spread. So it's just trying to paint a picture that's easy to understand for owners is how deals are getting done right now, I think. Do you focus primarily like in the Dallas markets or do you look at other areas too? Yeah, that's a great question. So with trying to get on my first syndication, obviously there's people that came to me and I didn't necessarily like them, wouldn't want to partner with them. So I am particular about who I partner with, but that deal was in Atlanta, Georgia. And so excited about that. Atlanta is a top 10 market for multifamily. But from now on, at least for the time being, I want to focus solely on Dallas-Fort Worth and then maybe some of the surrounding areas as well. But yeah, Dallas-Fort Worth is top two or three multifamily market. I love it. When you made that decision to leave your full-time job and go into real estate full-time, what was the process that was going in through your mind to be able to make that ultimate decision at the end to leave a consistent paycheck that you know you're going to get in every other week? (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So I mentioned it earlier, a person of faith and I do things very carefully, very methodically. I seek a lot of counsel from my close friends, from close mentors in the real estate space. And I'm thankful to say I've got some mentors who have developed over a billion dollars of real estate. And I've got their cell phone numbers. I can reach out to them and just ask them questions. And there's definitely a large number of people that were very negative on me leaving my full-time job to go into the unknown. But there's also a fair amount of people that that were supportive of it. And so for me, the biggest thing was, well, if I'm going to step away from a paycheck, I need to know that I've got expenses covered through savings and different payments and stuff that I'm getting from real estate, at least for a set period of time. And I came up with that number and I looked at my 401k and that number was in my 401k. And then in addition to the 401k, I've got other interests and real estate and those types of things, other investments. And so I was like, well, this was January 1st of this year. And I was like, well, I can whenever, like if that's my only metric, I can quit whenever. And so I turned in my notice like the next day or a couple of days later, I gave a three week notice just so I could make sure that I've really buttoned up all of my projects that I was working on for my company. And I left on really good terms from my peers all the way up to the C-suite executives with my old company, like left on good terms. They were very supportive and open to be a resource in the future if I can ever bring some work to them or they can help me in any way. So that was really the big metric. And I think I said I was going to give myself 12 months. I think I could keep doing this at least the next three years and be all right financially. And I mean, it's just, I'm having fun. And people ask me like, have you been successful yet? And I think it's hard to It's hard to measure that because, well, I've invested a lot of money in building this brand and pursuing properties and underwriting properties. And I haven't made a lot of money personally yet, but 
I think the groundwork's being laid and it just takes one deal to like change everything. So that's kind of where I'm at. Since now everything is dependent on your own efforts on making money, finding those deals, finding those relationships, partners, what are the steps or what do you look at in terms of activities, things like day-to-day milestones to get you to the next steps in order to continue moving forward? Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say the first couple of months, I mean, I'm five months into this now at this point almost. So the first couple of months, it's just trying to navigate what am I supposed to do? And I think in the last probably two months, I think I figured out kind of the flow that I like. So I try to get coffee with somebody every single morning, just build relationships. Some of those are existing relationships and just continuing to grow those. And then some of them are just meeting new people, whether that's peers, whether that's mentors, like I said, property owner and do that. Yeah, I'm getting coffees like four to five days a week and it's a couple bucks to meet somebody or whatever. So it's pretty cool. And then just underwriting properties, visiting, touring properties, calling brokers, that type of thing, pretty much the rest of the day. Right now, I'm actually working on my real estate license as well, just to have that in my back pocket and continue to add tools to my toolbox. So I've been doing that as well. That's 180 hours of courses. So that's a lot of time too. So William, how has real estate investing impacted your life? I think it's impacted my life in a lot of different ways. I'm all about impacting people's lives. So obviously, I want it to be profitable. But I also want to like change the world. I really do. And I think you can change the world one person at a time. And so I would say even just taking the home that I'm recording in right now, I think there's been six guys that have lived here in the last 18 months. The two that have moved out both got married. And one of them was my best friend. One of them was a really dear friend of mine. And so just the relationships that I've been able to foster and see how people's lives have been transformed by getting to live with them and they help me pay the mortgage as well. So I think that's one thing that's been really cool and just getting passive income. So that's allowed me to quit my job and I sleep really well and I haven't got a steady paycheck in five months, but I'm just having a lot of fun. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? So I think the one thing that I wish I would have known at the beginning was just start connecting with real people. And I would say not even real people like online, but find people like where you live that are doing deals. And I think the best way to do that is to go to real estate conferences or join some sort of meetup. Like a meetup can be free and just keep putting yourself out there. Like you might get a lot of no's, especially big players. Like they don't want to waste their time with somebody that's just getting started oftentimes, but finding somebody that can bring you on and kind of guide you and maybe help you close the deal. If I would have done that four years ago, like who knows where I would be right now, but you know, that's okay. And what is the one thing that sets successful people apart in real estate investing? I think it's a lot of different things. Everybody has a unique strategy and unique gifts and skills that they can bring to the table. I think just being willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do is what sets people apart. So for me, that's quite my job. (laughs) Was that an easy choice for you? It really was. (laughs) Yeah, it was. But I don't think it would be for most people. So William, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? Definitely. So I've got a website. My company is called Bigger Picture Holdings with an S. So that website is biggerpictureholdings.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn or you can email me directly at William at biggerpictureholdings.com. I think that'd be the best ways to reach out. Awesome. Well, William, thank you so much for all of your time today. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Eileen. It's been a pleasure. This is a great show. 
Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.